0: Online at mypremierortho.com.
1: good afternoon. It is Friday, December 2nd. This is our Ask All the Mayors Noon Edition. I'm Stan Justrepsky, and here with me in the studio are a number of gentlemen whose voices will be familiar to you if you're a listener to our Ask the Mayor program. From left to right in front of me, and maybe right to left on your radio dial, I'm not sure, Kokomo Mayor Greg Goodnight, Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett, Bloomington Mayor Mark Cruzan, and not for much longer, Columbus Mayor Fred Armstrong, but... We're glad to have all of you here, regardless of how much time you have left in office, be it more years or more days or more hours or what have you. Um, Please do be a part of our conversation with these gentlemen today. You can call us at 812-855-0811. You can also do that at 877-285-9348. That one is toll free. You can go to WFIU.org slash Noon Edition, where we have a live web chat that we'd like you to be a part of. And... As if, as if that's not enough, you can find us on Twitter at Ask the Mayor or at Noon Edition. Um, well, I wanted to start with sort of a, a general question that I realized I really hadn't – I don't think asked any of you at any point, And that is regarding where you get your sense of what public opinion is because none of your cities are so large that you have – for instance, a lot of public opinion polling or anything like that. And so there have to be other ways, I would guess, that you all keep in touch with what you think the public perception of issues affecting local government are. So uh, starting with Mayor Armstrong and going down the line, I'd like to get a sense of how it is that you kind of separate yourself from what can be the kind of political bubble and find out what you think it is that the people are thinking so you can represent that in office.
2: Well, people aren't afraid to tell you what their thoughts are, and when you have a public meeting and it's a general meeting, they'll uh, uh, most of the time it will be issues in regarding their neighborhood or something small. The, the large issues that come up seemingly are the ones that you produce uh, from what you want to do in the future, and uh, those are pretty well uh, minimized as far as public opinion until you start rolling with them, but I found out that the neighbors uh, want their uh, sidewalks fixed or trees cut or things of that neighbor are trimmed uh, overall but you know you, you get the pulse of the community especially when you live there and you walk uh, through the streets uh, of your communities you, you're going to realize that what people either like or maybe not like as much so I, I'd say that's at least in Columbus that's my uh, feeling.
3: Sure I think you know in Bloomington it's circles of influence whether it be neighborhood associations uh, you know a lot of it Uh, It it is who you talk to out in the street and restaurants when you're out and about. A lot of it is even within the building. You know, we've got 700 city employees. They represent a cross-section of the community and you here. What what are people talking about? Uh, Media. Obviously, media coverage is a huge thing. What you're asking about today will probably be bigger issues in our communities than not. The one thing I found that I don't... Uh, uses a, a barometer we don 't do any uh, polling you know there 's not there's uh, and the fact that we don 't have large uh, commercial television stations in in town I think does make a difference and they don 't they 're not doing polling um, I, I think one thing I found my first term we were talking before the show about second versus first term my first term I used too much as a barometer, and I know it sounds like a joke of sorts, but uh, it is. Co- complaints or what the hot-button issue was, you know, and if you look just at the comments on the newspaper website, you know, it's it's not what the majority of people care about. It's what a handful of people care about who may or may not live in the city, and uh, you have to – I felt like I had to be very careful not to overreact to – the loudest voice in the room every time doesn 't mean they 're not right, and it doesn 't mean that if it 's a case in their neighborhood you know, I think it 's in context if it 's something that 's impacting their life directly, um, you understand why they 're speaking so loudly if it 's something they don 't like about somebody else or some other group i I tend to not have to worry about it as much, Mayor Bennett. Well, in Terre Haute,
4: um, I mean, you know, when I first took office, it was kind of like just a big blur. There were so many different things going on. You had to figure out, you know, how to prioritize things and how to uh, allocate money to be able to deal with issues. But it came very clear just after the first few months that there's some common themes. and. I started doing my neighborhood summits and kind of reaffirmed that again. And then through the media, you know, we've got four broadcast um, stations and, and, a, and a newspaper that, you know, they get a lot of feedback from the community. And so not only are reporters calling and asking questions, but we can, you know, look at some of their social media sites and things and find out what some of these issues are ahead of time. And, and it comes down to kind of like what Fred was saying, you know, it's sidewalks, it's cutting trees, it's uh, illegal dump sites in the city or abandoned houses. Those things are a common, you know, over and over again. And I think that, uh, you know, the best thing that you can do is try to be as proactive as possible because you know those complaints are going to come. Those are going to be issues in the community. And the biggest and most difficult one to deal with is jobs. When people are saying that, We need better employment opportunities, you know, and that's the most difficult thing to respond to, that everybody's working on that, but that's the hardest thing that you can do. And so you kind of go from that little issue with one guy on the street corner to a community that, you know, needs better-paying jobs. And so you just kind of really focus your efforts on trying to communicate with with the folks about, you know, what you're doing to make those
5: things better.
1: In Kokomo? In Kokomo,
5: it's it's, uh, probably uh, more uh, we don't have – major television networks so most of the news is generated through the we have two newspapers uh, even the radio stations locally take uh, a lot of their leads from the newspapers but um, you know it's, it's not much different in, uh, other than that uh, than any of the other cities you know, uh, people will come up to me at the grocery store or at the little league park um, they're not afraid to uh, share their thoughts or, or ideas uh, even if it's if i'm just uh, out at a restaurant with my wife or something uh, so i think uh, between you know, just, you know, those general uh, uh, times of myself in public and then, you know, department heads and, as Mayor Cruzan said, other city employees, they, you know, they'll share things that they're hearing out on the street.
3: And, you uh, know, I would say Duke mentioned something, I, I think, in talking about social media and being able to go. There, obviously, there are advocacy groups in town um, that that – have social media outlets and and that communicate directly to elected officials and even other elected officials, regardless of party, regardless of level of government. I mean, we, it's not a clubbish way at all. Uh, City, uh, the city council, the county council, county commissioners, township trustees. I mean, you know, we're talking an Mm -hmm. awful lot. And so you do hear from a a variety of, of opinions as to what's important
1: want to get to a couple of phone callers who have been waiting patiently on the line. Let's go first to Don. Don, thanks for calling in to Noon Edition this afternoon.
4: Thank you. Uh, my question is
0: for all four of the mayors. Uh, with two of the communities that you represent uh, being on interstate highways, uh,
4: and Kokomo, of course, not being, and Bloomington with the current um, uh,
0: concerns about the Interstate 69, is how do you feel um, those of you who have
4: interstate highways uh, serving the community feel about
0: the pros and cons of, of being located uh, on those highways uh, as far as jobs and uh, community
4: general welfare? At that, that, that's
1: that's my question. All right, thanks, Don. I think that's a, definitely a very timely question, uh, Mayor Goodnight. Why don't we start with you this time? Uh,
5: yeah, Kokomo is a little bit disconnected from uh, an interstate uh, uh, quality uh, highway. Although U.S. 31, they're building a bypass uh, that will be opening. Um, I think tentatively uh, January of 2013. You know, for us, it's um, if we if we develop it correctly and, and zone it properly, if we think it can be obviously uh, to our advantage uh, having that uh, amenity. Uh, the concern is because we have a current bypass. That th- these are the discussions we're having with our economic development alliance and and with the elected officials in the community. Uh, as long as this uh, development does not take away from uh, things that are on existing u s thirty one and that's that's the concern as long as it's new development to the community uh, we think it's a potential asset, but we're still working on things to uh, make sure that we give uh, people a reason to not bypass the city and uh, you know make it uh, give them a reason to to come into our city. Yeah, it it is a
4: a, a very important piece of of Terre Haute, Interstate 70 running, you know, right through the city. We're in the process of building a southeast bypass that will basically connect U.S. 41 on the south side to the east side of Terre Haute by the airport. So it really connects the industrial park to our airport and and access to Indianapolis much easier. So all those things are good for economic development activity and just bringing people through Terre Haute. It helps our retail industry and our our lodging industry. Um, You know, there's, there's some issues of that, too, where people... You know, pass right on through Terre Haute they come depending on where they're going, and a lot of times from the past, they would talk about the smell in Terre Haute as an example. They never came into Terre Haute to actually see it, but they would drive across the interstate and so there's some things that sometimes it's hard to overcome perception of that, so definitely an economic development tool, but you really want people to kind of visit Terre Haute and not just you know use the interstate as a way to to move on through
3: you know in all the years that this has been talked about, your caller here and about Don. Uh, maybe, Don, you may be one of the first to ask, what are the pros and the cons? Uh, you know, typically when I hear this topic talked about, it's this is why you have to have it. You know, it's an absolute necessity, or this is the worst thing that could ever happen to this community. And you know, there's there's a, a black and white view of the of the issue, and I think there are more grays than people might acknowledge. I think certainly. It could induce economic development in the community in Bloomington or any community. I grew up within a few miles of uh, some of the busiest, well, the busiest, the Borman Expressway, I 80, 90, 94, uh, 65. And in, that's an area that was, when I was growing up, a boom area. That was the steel mill world. And now it's one of the more economically depressed areas of the state. 64 in the southern part of the state has, you know, there's also rural poverty in this state, not just urban poverty. So I don't think it's a panacea. Uh, It can certainly benefit a community uh, in terms of economic development. In my mind, Bloomington, Indiana's uh, greatest economic strength is its uniqueness. And to the extent that a highway makes us more generic. Uh, uh, that is a, that's a real concern. So I, I think there are the pros and cons to be looked at, and regardless of what happens, you plan, you plan accordingly. But you, you can look around the, the country or certainly around the state of Indiana, see places where it's a benefit. You can see places where it's
1: not saving them. And what about how I-65 affects Columbus?
3: Location,
2: location, location. We've all heard that. And uh, for the most part, I, I agree with that. Uh, uh, you know, when you get thousands and thousands of cars up and down uh, I-65 on a daily basis, and you have your industrial parks uh, in those particular areas, and we have 30 percent of our jobs are manufacturing. And uh, it does help uh, the transportation part of it. You're uh, an hour uh, from Louisville, an hour from Indianapolis, and an hour and a half from Cincinnati, from Columbus, and that also helps uh, tremendously. But I-65 has certainly been a huge benefit uh, for us in the economic development arena. We have, uh, what, one, two, three uh, industrial parks uh, at uh, one of our mile markers uh, at State Road 58. So it's been a a real good uh, thing economically for the city of Columbus, and uh, we're glad we have it.
1: Don, thanks so much for your call. I want to move on to uh, Bob, uh who's been on waiting on the line very very patiently. Bob, good afternoon. Thanks for calling into Noon Edition.
0: Thank you very much. Uh I'd like to talk to Mayor Goodnight if I may. Absolutely. <laughs> Gregory.
5: Do I do I recognize this voice? I
0: think you better after, <laughs> after uh, uh well, about 15 or 16 years ago, you sat in my classroom and I was I have to tell you, I wasn't really sure what the outcome might be, but I'm uh, I'm really pleased to come back. My wife and I, in fact, we were there the other night. We talked. Yes, and uh, it's always a pleasure to come back to to Kokomo, and especially since I know that uh, you've been working hard, and I'm proud of you.
5: Thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I, I, it, this is a little bit of a setup. I I uh, we're talking with Bob Williams, and he was a former English a high school English teacher of mine. I have to correct you, though it's been a little bit more than fifteen years. <laughs> but, oh,
0: really? Yeah, uh, that's am okay. Trying to make it sound good. Okay,
5: <laughs> I know I look younger, but uh, right. <laughs> uh, talk about a politician. Yeah. Um, oh,
0: but, what a line. Uh, but you I got to tell you, I, that in that respect.
5: I, I probably haven't. But no, he was. In, he's a Bloomington resident. Him and his wife. And I saw him in Kokomo uh, just this week, and told them I was coming down here to do the radio show. And uh, <laughs> uh, and, and him. And I got to give a plug to his wife, Patricia. Uh, Pat and Bob, just wonderful people, and uh, so thanks for the plug, Mr. Williams.
0: Well, listen, take care, take care of uh, Kokomo, and and have a happy holidays, and uh, keep keep at it.
1: Okay, thank you, sir. Tell Pat hello. I sure will. Bob, thanks so much for calling in. You, too, can call in if you'd like at 812-855-0811 or 877-285-9348. We mentioned kind of real briefly in the previous question talking about how social media affects the way you do your jobs. And I I got to thinking in preparing for this program how, you know, Mayor Armstrong, Mayor Cruzan, when you guys started your terms, this whole social media thing wasn't a thing yet. And I'm curious, uh, especially from the two of you, um, uh, how you think that has changed the office of mayor in the state of Indiana? How do elected officials at the top of a ticket in municipalities around the state have to do their jobs differently because they know that there is this – way that people feel they can get to their elected officials? Because you guys have you know, campaign Facebook pages, Twitter feeds, things like that. Now, it's it's something you have to have if you're a politician. Uh, how does how does your job differ now because of the way that people communicate differently? Mayor Cruzan? why don't we start with you?
3: You know, I uh, am embarrassed to admit that when I first ran and was in the state legislature, email didn't. Exist uh, I mean literally that you had to either call the one eight hundred number up to the state house to communicate to elected officials to your elected official or write a letter, uh, so even email was that you know, kind of a the genesis of of that and the, how it changed communication and to me it it is it does work both ways one it is an opportunity for uh, advocacy groups or just neighborhood groups or whoever it might be. Uh, yesterday a controversial topic in our community were the voting centers and i saw an online petition that was circulating uh and then that petition was presented to the election board that was being done up until the last minute you know on online uh by someone who's been involved with and i'll mention it with charlotte charlotte zitlow who's a long time uh community activist community uh, elected official just uh and, and here was Charlotte you know, leading an online petition. It's just a different way in, in the adapting. It works the other way too, though. It does work for us to be able to communicate to citizens, especially younger uh, residents of the community who have grown up with all of this kind of technology. So on a on pretty much on a daily basis, and you know, we're sending out tweets and uh, Facebook announcements and on all of our press releases. When I first started, and I'll end on this, when I first started both in government and politics here, we had uh, WTTV was still based here, Channel 4, obviously FIUTIU, the HT was a, uh, an afternoon paper so you could shape your message later. Uh, there were a, a, many other media outlets. All of the uh, commercial radio stations had locally produced programming. You know, Obviously, FIU is, you know, to, in one way, the only game in town in terms of news production and uh, WFHB. But I used to have a press conference and have nine to 12 media outlets show up. Now we're fortunate to get two or three, and uh, we have to rely on other means of communication, and, and social media is pretty much that way.
1: Mayor Armstrong?
2: Oh, uh, sure. It's just uh, another means of many different types of communication, and uh, we use it, you know, uh, on our webpage and and things of that nature. Uh, again, it's it's probably advantageous in many many ways, and in other ways, it's probably not as good as it should be. But uh, yeah, it's just another form of uh, communication that we all have to live with. And a year from now, uh, good grief, it's hard telling what it'll be. But uh, yeah, it's it's okay. We uh, we find things that. Uh, we can look at a little bit uh, quicker than maybe we did in the past, but the personal issues are the ones that I have a, a little problem with, But mm-hmm. uh, and I think everybody at this table would, but, mm-hmm, uh, you know, some of them aren't quite the... Uh, up where they should be but that's okay you know we accept that when we get these jobs but I think it's okay I think it's great I think the, in, in fact uh, our YP programs in Columbus we're very blessed to have the young professionals really involved and you know they Twitter, tweet, Facebook they do it all and uh, you end up having having to deal with it and it's okay. It's just fine.
1: Let me let me jump off of something you said about addressing things like personal issues and, and let me ask let me address this to the other two of you. Do you find that because communication exists the way it does, in in the social media realm especially, that people feel they can sort of address you in these ways whenever they want, about whatever they want, regardless how big, how small, how unfounded at some times? Uh, it sometimes is it a hindrance at times to try to have to deal with the way some of this news or rumor propagates so quickly
5: I'd say yes, a little bit, mm-hmm. they, and and I think the uh, it's interesting the part that uh, Mayor Cruzan mentioned about uh, the, you know the days before when uh, you know people would send a letter or or may even make a phone call. I mean people's expectations they want instant responses all the time, <laughs> you know they ex- and they expect uh, immediate access, which is you know just almost impossible. But um, yeah, I think there's. Uh, uh, there, there are problems sometimes with people. I, I've I've got uh, four thousand some Facebook friends, and there are people that have been my Facebook friends. And then when I meet them, I'm thinking I really don't. We haven't actually met. And then I find then they may mention well we're friends on Facebook and some of these things. And so it, it can be difficult at times to try to you know to connect with people because uh, I may be sending out every day or maybe sometimes a couple times a day uh, information about what we're doing, and uh, but I don't see them or hear from them near as often. So.
4: Yeah, the, the most frustrating part, I think it's just like a letter to the editor. Somebody puts something in there, you know, whether it's true or not, and everybody looks at it and says, wow, I can't believe they're doing that. Well, with Facebook, it just kind of happens so much more often, and most of the time, it's there's some reality to what they're saying in there. You know, there's always is, but you, then you have a little bit of extra work to do to try to educate and get the word out to the rest of the public, and so sometimes we have to respond to things mainly because we need to kind of do damage control to keep it from getting bigger than what it is when. The problem could be solved pretty quickly. They just really don't understand or they've got some half information. And so it has changed the way you respond to things. If people just call the office or send you an email, that's pretty easy to direct connect. But when they use these other mediums, it's sometimes it's more difficult to get the word back out there to correct things when they're when they're not right or let them know here's what we're going to do to solve that problem.
3: Yeah, by far the best aspect of it is accessibility to government. And you know, whether mm-hmm. part of it is now how we manage that right. That influx, but absolutely on the downside, and to me, a sad side of it is uh, anonymity breeds um, some pretty uh, uncivil and pretty irresponsible behavior. You know, I just saw yesterday the Indianapolis star is switching how they're going to handle um, commenting that they've tried different approaches to allowing comments on the stories and there were so many offensive things being written that other readers, not just the, you know, people tend to think of it, well, it's the I'm the source, I'm the, I'm in the government, obviously I won't like that. I, I know people will, you know, maybe laugh about this. I love constructive criticism. You know, if I, and I will change my mind if somebody calls and makes a better case. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I don't like is the uh, absolute personal attacks that are made on anybody, Um, And it's not always the politician. You know, it's often whoever's in an article or anybody at all. The star has now changed it, combining technologies that you will have to have a Facebook account to be able to do commenting on the Indianapolis star site. And I do think that will filter an awful lot of uh, the anonymous kind. I know you can still find ways around it, but I think it will heighten the level of discourse and be to the better of public debate.
1: Well, we have reached the bottom of the hour here on our Ask All the Mayors Noon Edition. If you'd like, you can call us during our break. The numbers are 812-855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can join our live web chat at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition, or you can reach us, hopefully with only constructive criticism, at Ask the Mayor or at Noon Edition. This is Noon Edition here on WFIU. We'll be right back.
0: This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net and from Premier Ortho. Online at mypremierortho.com You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, The Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at wfiu.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8:30 during morning edition, just before noon edition, and at 5:45 during All Things Considered. They're also archived on our website, WFIU.org. We are back
1: here on a Noon Edition. We've got our regular Ask the Mayor guests, Fred Armstrong, Mark Cruzan, Duke Bennett, and Greg Goodnight in the studio with us. Please feel free to give us a call or find us in our various online communication methods, if you like. Um, I wanted to... Uh, get at something that that I talk about, I think, in, in kind of in general with all four of you. And that is that the state legislature has been fairly open in the last couple of years about the fact that they want to sort of push off responsibility for a number of issues, especially monetary issues onto municipal government. And I wondered if there are ways that the four of you think that your cities can Go to the legislature and say, hey, look, we really do want to work with you. We really want – we don't want to be made out to be the bad guy. We didn't ever want to make you as legislators out to be the bad guy. How can we adopt a more quid pro quo type stance between the two sides here? Um, So I'd I'd like to get your – your opinions. Mayor Goodnight, we'll start with you. Uh, you're, you're involved with, with IAC, the Indiana Association of Cities and Towns, which has, you know, kind of direct connection to what goes on during the sessions.
5: Well, I, I think some of the attempts have been made. Obviously, there's always uh, better ways of doing things. Uh, the frustration for me when you look at the list of state senators and state representatives, uh, I think there are very few that have um, local government backgrounds. Uh, and, and if so, uh, most of them don't have a city connection, have not served as a mayor or a city council member. Now, there are some, and my representative was formerly on the city uh, council. So I think sometimes they may not understand or just, you know, they, they've they never dealt with some of the uh, issues and some of the uh, uh, situations that we have in, in more of an urban setting. Uh, if you look at some of the districts and, and the areas they serve and, and where they live, a lot of times they have more of a rural uh, type of background. So I, th- I think it makes it difficult. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I've testified a, f- a few times, and and uh, th- there's maybe just a little bit of a disconnect uh, between the things that we're f- that we are uh, facing in the city and uh to uh, how this will end up affecting the
1: city that's that's so what can a city like yours do to try to ameliorate those those kind of divides?
5: you know I th- I th- and we've tried this and I think we've had some success uh, at IAC with some of the larger cities where we uh you know it's I think it's always more important or or there seems to be more of attention paid to the the urban issues when it comes from Indianapolis and sometimes maybe Fort Wayne or Evansville uh, as opposed to a a city uh, size of Kokomo or even smaller. So um, we've been trying to do our best to engage some of the larger city mayors. Uh, Hopefully they have a little more uh, influence and then uh, it gets picked up by the mainstream media a little more. Mayor Bennett? Yeah, I was
4: kind of thinking along the same uh, lines as Greg there, just about kind of not really thinking through. I mean, the concept may be good, they're, they're, and what they're trying to do is has good merit. But when it, the application of it in, in a city, sometimes it, it's not thought all the way through about what you know what the pros and cons are going to be after the fact, and we kind of get stuck with that. And I'm all about you know having home rule and having control and and doing things you know in Terre Haute. But then there's other things that they pass along to us that they want us to pick the costs up on that they've been doing in the past. And, you know, it can't, it's got to be kind of an even playing field here for us. We have no new revenues to pay for anything. So we can't be uh, getting new things to pay for. But on the other hand, when you implement something, I really think that they need to interact with us mayors just a little bit more, especially because we can share with them what we believe that impact will be, just from property tax caps. I'd love to have, you know, I know I was new to this and it was all in process, but boy, today you could sure have a good conversation with them about well, maybe we should have spread that over a five-year period instead of a three-year period, or maybe we should have done something a little different that we could have dealt with that much better versus just here it comes down the road and then we have to react to it instead. Of being part of the of the decision making process before they vote on it and put it in, in law,
3: you know we're fortunate in in the Bloomington area. In that, you know, Vice Simpson, the state senator, Vice Simpson had been a county auditor. Uh, Matt Pierce had been a, a city council member. Uh, Peggy Welch, while not having served in local government, studies you know any issue as hard as you're going to be able to find somebody to work on an issue and has an understanding of it. Having served in the legislature, I. I know that I, I think that there is a propensity for a lot of people in the legislature, and there are there's a few left. And one's leave, Bev Gard, who's a county uh, official, is leaving. And uh, Win Moses was former mayor of Fort Wayne and is still there. But there, the, I, I think that sadly, when anyone from local government goes to the legislature, you can almost be pigeonholed as well. You're whining for more again uh, when well, you're forced into that position when when the options are, are are when we have a a system that is that is not truly home rule every legislator and I was guilty of this too well I'm for home rule well then provide the means to do the job and that was in the day when the finances of the state were much healthier and and local government now we're into a point especially after the property tax caps where the revenue streams simply aren't there and unfortunately the state is is in this the condition it's in nobody wants to give up anything i do worry about a crazy quilt pattern where we start to you know we see with the school referendum and we see that you'll find depending on where you live what the political will is of your leadership of your community uh the quality of life and service you're going to get but that's somewhat of a a reality I, i guess the one thing i would i would and I've never asked anybody to do this yet, but you know, the I Act or so- Indiana Association of Counties could do is to get our our individual budgets and sit down with our local legislators in any part of the state and say, you, you know, I understand you're going to say live within your means. Um, show us where the fat is, and what would what do you recommend that I tell the public you want us to cut by not allowing us to raise the revenues necessary to do the job. You know, I understand when you approach a legislator and say, we want the ability to raise revenues or assistance in providing these kind of services, especially in public safety, that they would say, well, you need to, you need to cut. You, you have to live within your means. I, I just challenge them, especially now having done this, uh, and I was I probably – I was guilty of thinking that when I was in the legislature. You just think, well, how, how hard can it be? We all have to live within our means. You look at the city services that are being provided and show us where can a cut occur that won't hurt people. And I I think that might be an educational tool for legislators.
1: Mayor Armstrong, you're shaking your head over there.
2: I agree with everything they've said. It's the local elected official, though, that catches the end of it. And it's, you know, we're going to cut this budget because we can't do anything else. or you want these services but we can't provide this service now because we've got to stay within our means and we're we're now maxed out we can't go any more uh, and so uh, it's it's difficult, so then these new things are imposed, like in Columbus, a sanitation fee uh you you have to have those in order to uh in order to just balance your budget and keep and keep your own city going and it's tough and I think the education uh for the state uh reps uh, centers, uh yeah that's great, except uh, the fact that uh It's government is so confusing anyway, it's difficult for us sometimes to understand what we're doing, let alone the state understand what we're doing, and we understand everything the state does up into the federal government level, all this. It's very confusing for people, and when we live with this on a daily basis and still shake our heads, what are we going to do and how can we do it? It's pretty tough to go to a state legislator and say, well, here's what needs to be done when... Does everybody agree with this or some of us agree with it? So, yeah, I think communication is is the answer, but I'm not so sure how many uh, how many people are going to change their minds because the state is looking after the state. And, Believe me, they're not looking after and, the and, states. And I'd and I, and I have to throw one other uh, piece into that, that the state
5: attends, especially in the uh, House of Representatives, uh, they look at things on a two-year cycle at least we have the uh, ability to look at things in four or you know possibly eight year we I, I feel like most mayors look at things uh more pragmatically and and look at things in in at least four year terms and gives us a little more time to not uh react to the to the latest uh whims and and things of, of the electorate sometimes so,
1: mayor Armstrong let me start with you on the next question uh, i I'd, I'd like to know Based on what you just said especially, Mm -hmm. how you view the role of the office of mayor in all of the different cities where we have a mayor in Indiana now that the relationship is as it is between municipal government and state government, do you find – I can see it two ways. Do you find that that mayors are increasingly important because cities have to have some sort of pushback to say, wait, wait, don't forget about us. We still need some help. Or do you find that the state legislature has – purposefully or inadvertently found some ways to invalidate some of the office of mayor and, and, and make it less important? Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. You know, they have a job to do, they meaning the state, and they're doing it the best way they feel they can do it without the knowledge of how it affects cities. And mayors are out there uh, doing their job of saying, hey, here's how it affects us, and you need it to know this and it does i think it just it ties the hands of mayors in my opinion to do the things that they really want to do you know economic development if you don't have the money for economic development how are you going to bring in additional economic development education is a key thing in in economic development how can we improve and work with our educators on a, on a closer basis that we can get our uh, uh, citizens, uh, good jobs with the education opportunity. So, uh, I think that uh, it's it's getting a little bit more difficult to be mayor, in my opinion. And of course, I can give you that my opinion now. Twenty nine days to go. <laughs> it, it does. It's really really difficult because you know when you go up to Indianapolis and you truly want to to, to educate the state uh, reps, uh, and it sometimes falls on deaf ears because they're looking at themselves. What what is this going to do to me? So uh, I think uh, it's going to continue to uh, be more difficult uh, as the years go on. I think these guys, the next four years, I I see the economy getting a little bit better, but I'm not so sure – how it's going to really affect and help the municipalities, but I hope it does. But uh, it's just a tough job being mayor, and it's uh, the neighbor that calls the mayor up very seldom calls the state rep or whoever. The mayor's right there. So that's the, that's the fun part about it, too.
1: Other thoughts on, on easier or harder to be mayor because of relationship between state and municipal government?
4: I don't know. I just guess I would say it's hard to be mayor these days. Um, Mainly because of the property tax caps. That's really what's affected us the most in Terre Haute. And, you know, people expect a certain level of service, and our legislators are, you know, as as Fred and others have said, they're kind of over there doing their job to manage the state. And there's a bit of a disconnect there because unless they you know live right in your community and they keep their pulse on it, they don't understand how difficult it is for us to provide just the basic services and to be able to pay for infrastructure and have access to funds to do things. We really are kind of you know hogtied. And I look back at previous mayors before me, and I'm thinking, man, it would have been a little bit easier just a few <laughs> years ago. And you know, and that comes with the territory. And I ran again, knowing all that. Because I really like what I do, but it, it really is difficult to um, continue to deliver the level of service that people have grown to, you know,
5: see their entire life. And, and the only, and, and, and I, I agree with everything that's been said. And I, one thing I would add, and Mayor Cruzan can, uh, having served in the legislature, but I think I think it would be very difficult uh, to to for the uh the legislators that do. Uh, have a grasp of, of uh, the reality that a lot of uh, our cities are facing, to go down there, uh, the, the, in the end they're just one of, you know, they need to f- convince 50 others to get a uh, 51 majority. So even though there are uh, some that uh, are probably as as well-versed uh, in some ways as any of us, they still have to have the ability to convince the others um, while they're trying to do the other parts of the job of, of, of being a state rep. Fair.
1: I want to knock out an, an, a quick online question for you, Mayor Goodnight. Uh, we have a, a tweet that comes in from uh, a City of Kokomo Facebook page user. They say, I love the City Line trolley, and they want to know when will all of the shelters for the stops be completed.
5: We um, – if, if you just to give a quick uh, update, we did not have a uh – a uh, a uh, mass transit uh, bus system in Kokomo we started it a year ago September uh we have a north south east west and then you know obviously they make those loops and, and uh it's it's been very successful Our originally the uh uh the uh, they s- the suggested that we would have about 100 or, or so riders a day and we're averaging almost 900 a day it is a free wow. yeah it's a free service uh and he, and we have uh i think 60 stops uh f- For the person that tweeted, we will not have shelters at every stop. We uh, uh, are uh, continually—you know—we're just a year into this, so where we know that we will have uh, our busiest stops, and where we have, uh, we know we'll have a permanent stop there. We are putting shelters up. Some of the pads have been poured. We hope in the next couple weeks the shelters are up. Other areas, uh, we'll just have a bench, but we'll still be uh, exposed to the elements. Part of the problem we've been having is trying to secure right away some of the stops are on a prop private property in front of strip malls and places like that, um, and as well as we're tr- continually uh, trying to uh, make sure that uh, we, we're not missing any uh, popular uh, location or destination points, and if we have to sh- uh, shift the, uh, uh, actually, routes, we, we, we want to have a little flexibility without permanent structures there. So I think there's going to be 24 to 30, maybe, of the shelters going up uh, here in the next few weeks.
1: All right. Thank you for that question. If you want to send us a question. You can do so by tweeting that to at Noon edition. You can also go to WFIU.org slash and be a part of our live web chat. And, of course, you can call us in our last 10 minutes or so here of the show, 812-855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Uh, we've, of course, touched on a number of legislative issues here. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on the upcoming session and what the legislature needs to do in the upcoming session, either just in general or indeed for your your individual cities. I mean, it's it's not a budget year, so it's you know sometimes considered less important. It's a shorter session coming up, but at the same time, you have the backdrop of a presidential election coming up. Uh, Mayor Bennett, why don't we start with you on this one. What does the legislature need to accomplish or maybe the opposite, what does the legislature need to stay away from in the coming session?
4: Well, you mentioned it being a short session. My guess is that uh, a lot of the focus from what I'm hearing is is going to be on uh, bringing some things back that they didn't get done last time versus a lot of new things. Now, I, I'm i not, um, you know, talking to my local legislators. Um, you know, they're uh, opposed to some of the things that are going to be to be brought up, and I know there will be a little bit of a contentious fight in our area in west central Indiana about that. Um, I would like to just see some options for us locally for new revenue streams where we can have more tools in the toolbox. And I hate to overplay that 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 phrase, but some things in, in in Vigo County and Terre Haute that would allow us to raise some new revenue and run those through a referendum to let the local voters, you know, decide if you want to continue to have this level of service. We're going to have to be able to pay for it. And I feel like we've just not been given too many options. And so uh, our county council's not wanting to implement a new loit and so we're kind of that's the only option on the table and so i would like to see them give us more tools locally to be able to to raise some revenues in various ways not uh you know i'm not big on raising taxes it's just we need to that choice needs to be made to the public do you want this or you know pay less you get less
1: pay more you get more other thoughts on what the legislature needs to do or not do Uh,
5: I'll just touch on one issue, uh, and even though it, it, this does affect Kokomo, that uh, I I would hope that if, if they do, you may mention it. They may don't do anything to hurt us, but if they if they would be a little more proactive in, in kind of uh, spreading the costs out to the people that are receiving services, there's a a pending uh, lawsuit right now between uh, the city of Muncie and Delaware County on E nine one one funds and the how that uh, distribution should take place, and we're. We are watching it very closely. I know they've had a, a change in the uh, in the mayor's office, or they will have a change at the first of the year. And I hope uh, you know we're watching to see if they if if they drop that lawsuit or continue it, th- it through. But in essence, you know that's a that's a situation where the county. Uh, collects the E911 money. Uh, they're not distributing uh, that money in a, in, in a lot of cities and a lot of other mayors that I've talked with in a fair fashion, ca- taking the money and then, and then forcing cities to provide things like their own dispatch center but not giving them the money that's being collected from city residents uh, uh, for, the, for that uh, purpose. So I'm hoping... Uh, not sure that they'll, in a short session with uh, some of the, the right-to-work issues and everything else that uh, that seem to have jumped up in priority, uh, that they'll address those things. But obviously, um, it, it would make our, my job much easier as if, if the people that were benefiting from uh, the uh, services provided uh, had a, a fair way of, of, of contributing.
1: I wanted to um, get back to something that was that was briefly mentioned. Um, I know all of you go to conferences and meetings with with your contemporaries uh, and who are serving elsewhere in the state. I'd like to get a, just a quick note from each of you about something that you have learned from one of the other mayors or leaders that you talk to about how they do work in their city, and you've thought. Well, gee, why don't I do that back home or or maybe we could adapt it in this way. To to benefit us, uh, Mayor Cruzan, why don't we start with you? Uh, any anything that jumps to you mind? Know,
3: in part, it goes to your answer. Going back to the answer of the social media, I have looked at because I was following, uh, especially these two races and the Indianapolis mayor's race because I was interested in. I know we haven't talked about it uh, yet, but, but I mean, I do want to say congratulations to not only to the wins but the 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 uh, intensity of the win uh, that Greg won seventy percent of his vote, Duke Bennett, uh, in a democratic city as a republican mayor w- was reelected nearly seventy percent against a big name um, and of course the the uh, Armstrong dynasty over the years now i 'm serious that that 's something all mm-hmm. to yeah. be to, to be congratulated right. on and what I do is i 've gone to look at other cities websites but also the candidates websites. I studied mm-hmm. the both the Columbus uh, candidates' websites and was stealing some ideas. Uh, there was there was a lot of debate on on uh, economic development. There was there were promises made on the trash fee issue in Columbus, and we're we're really trying to cope with the incredible cost of providing sanitation and recycling. And not sure how we're going to manage it and looking for ideas and i you know I don't know I'd love to talk to Fred offline here about where that's headed, but though that to me is the um, you know looking at what people are running on, how they're running their city. the main thing that I learned just from talking to other mayors though was uh, to don't overreact you know don't you know but when I first got into office, you know don't worry about. You know, th- things are going to settle out on almost all the big, hot-button, controversial issues of the day. You know, A year from now may not even be being talked about. Don't, don't live just that issue. And that's what I worry about in this next legislative session is right to work uh, will drown out a lot of other important things that need to be happening. But you've also got all these legislators who will be running for the first time in their new districts. And that will color how they handle all the
1: issues. Mayor Armstrong, you've had 16 years to come up with ideas from other people.
3: Well, I I
2: borrow. I never steal, but I borrow <laughs> parts uh, of of theirs. Remember, one size shoe doesn't fit all. So what you do, you take some of the pieces and parts that you've mm-hmm. heard and try to get those to work uh, in your city. And we did that with sanitation and we brought in uh, uh, sanitation uh, companies that could you know, shed some light and, and things of this nature. And I think that's going to be an issue for uh, many cities throughout the next few years, because not people only, they do want the uh, their sanitation picked up, and they want it picked up properly, and they also want recycling, and they want yard waste, and they want their uh, leaves picked up, etc. Well, there's a cost to doing that, and uh, once you try to break that out, uh, you know you. And, and you just get frustrated because you know you're doing a good job, but how can you do it better? And that's when you call other cities and say, how do you do it? And, ooh, maybe we could use this part. So, yeah, I think, in fact, the mayors appreciate that once we could uh, get – you know, a Democrat and Republican doesn't make any difference. It's mm-hmm. let's work together and see what we can, uh, can accomplish. And – I think that if – I'll probably be chastised for this, but I think if our state and local legislators did the same thing, they'd be a lot more accomplished. So, uh, again, uh, we borrow as much as we can to make things better for our communities.
1: Anything the other two of you picked up in your first terms from uh, some of your, your peers?
3: Well, I
4: would just say that, you know, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. We don't have time for that. There's so many things going on uh, every day that we're dealing with. But anytime I go to any of these IAC conferences or the mayor's school or whatever it is, somebody always pick up something that I've heard there that either – Confirms what I'm doing makes perfect sense that, you know, well, they've done it or done it a little differently that we could tweak ours or maybe I didn't even think about that or never heard of it before and maybe it's not something you implement immediately but you begin to process that and vet that and I think it's very worthwhile to exchange that kind of information. Not everything works everywhere but a, there's a lot of ideas that you can you can tweak and adjust that will work in, in, in your city.
5: And uh, I've done that. I, there, I could, a lot of examples, Any, anything I've, really taken on uh i've i've uh, sent out uh, and gotten information from just about every city uh, that is even closely uh, uh, our size. Uh, it, for, and I brought a year and a half ago, uh, Mayor Cruzan was very uh, kind and we came down here with a few of my key staff members and we met uh, with uh, some of his staff uh, people and went through uh, uh, the, co- the Bloomington, the convention center and, and they took us out on the B line and, and I had my park superintendent with me and look at some of the things and t- to try to share ideas. Uh, I have never Told Mayor Armstrong this summer, and I uh, this summer, my wife and I went down on a Sunday, and we drove around the Commons area of Columbus, and I was doing a little spying on on what what was going on there. And and Mayor Siebold from Marion's been very helpful with me, uh, uh to me and in in, in uh, implementing a TIF district in in our downtown area. And some of the things Kokomo for uh, no, you know, no, we didn't have a, the urgency to to uh, become a, a little more. Uh, Proactive, we'd been a little complacent, and so I've had to uh, even my annexation. uh, When we went to to look at those things, we compared the uh, square miles of other cities, and you know, did we do a a broad reach, and did we overextend what should be the city boundaries? And when we, uh, I looked at the top twenty-one cities, and looked at the urban density and we're still in the middle. So uh, we didn't you know, we feel like we are uh, very uh, this is was, was what the true size of our city should be uh, if you compare to all the other cities in the state.
1: All so. right. Just in our in our last minute I can give you each 10 seconds. Mayor Goodnight we'll start with you and we'll go down the line. Give me your in, in 10 seconds give me your top priority for the coming year.
5: Well because uh, I feel like we won with an overwhelming uh, margin and so did uh, my city council members both Democrat and Republican that saw it reelection is to keep doing what we're doing and we are going to i told people on election night to uh, uh, we're only going to pick up the pace
1: mayor bennett
4: um you know we're really implementing our cso um, plan now over this next year a big portion of that uh will will go into service here very soon and it's just a critical issue it's not flashy but it's been going on for a very long time and we're finally going to solve that
3: problem improving the sustainability of the city's economy as well as city government structure itself Mayor Armstrong? I'm looking for a job. If anybody out there <laughs> is
2: hiring, let me know. Come on over
5: I could get you a job. May not pay well. Okay. All right.
1: okay. Well, my thanks to, to all four of you for being here. It's always good to see all of you. And, uh, thanks for doing this, Stan. Have fun yeah, in the next you, year, regardless whether you'll be in office or not. So for Mike Pashkash, Dalton Maine, Gretchen Frazee, I'm Stan Jastrzewski. Thanks for listening to Noon Edition.
0: Also, Premier Ortho, a division of Premier Healthcare, helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.